Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit your J-O-B, that just overbroke job, with any means possible, starting your own business, be an entrepreneur, investor, and everything else. And today, in my show, I have a guest that's going to share with us how he became successfully unemployed as well. Steve Feld, thank you so much for being on the Successfully Unemployed Show. Great. Well, thank you very much for having me. All right, Steve. Now, let's jump right into it. How do you make money to provide for your family without working that J-O-B, that just overbroke job? Yeah, well, I'm a certified business coach, so I actually work with a variety of business owners from all different sizes, all different industries, and trying to help them get the clarity and the focus that they need in their business, uncover revenue, put in systems and processes in their business so we can build a long-term successful business. So I love and I'm passionate about helping business owners grow their business. That's awesome because it's easy, in my opinion, because I've done it before, but it's easy to start a business. You know, you get a business name from the, you know, the local city. Um, you put your shingle out there and say, hey, yeah, I'm open for business. But to actually grow it, to make it where it runs on its own, that takes a lot of work. Now, you, had an, you didn't always do this. Now, what were you doing before this? And then what got you into where you could actually quit your job and do this full time? Well, I've actually owned and operated six different businesses, but I've also ran three others. And I started realizing one day when I was one of those employees that all of a sudden I felt boxed in. My ideas, the creativity to move the business forward was much bigger than the box I was in. And then that's the day I realized I am a horrible employee. I need to do it myself. The reason is (laughs) bigger. I got to go bigger. And that day I went and sought out the help. My very first business, I went out and sought out mentorship, guidance. I need help. How do I do this? Because it's a, I'm taking the leap. And I took the leap and I tried going back into the J-O-B world. And I realized I'm so unemployable and not a good employee. I must continue with my journey. With having and running many businesses, having your own and running them, transitioning out to where you're actually coaching and showing business owners how to actually grow and scale the business. How did that really start? Like, is it, you just realize I like building and growing businesses and I can actually show people how to do it. How did, how did that you jump into actually doing that? Well, my first business was actually writing business plans and marketing plans. And then the next thing you know, my clients were all in the tech sector. So they were trying to get venture capital money. So they came to me to coach them how to speak business. That's when I started realizing they're great techies. They really know their stuff, but they don't know jack about business. And that's where my passion lies and my knowledge lies. And then when I started, my second company was consulting going into businesses. And I would call myself a business remodeler, blowing it up from the inside out. That's when my passion really, really stuck. And these guys are trying to hire me on to be working for them. And I'm like, I don't think this is for me. <laughs> I love this and I love the freedom. And then when I turned, took over people's businesses to turn them around, I was gaining all that knowledge, all that experience, all the wisdom. And then I started realizing I'm still boxed in. I can't be an employee, even though I'm on top of the pyramid. 
because there's always a board to deal with, an advisory council. And uh, that's when I was like, you know what? Let's take all this knowledge and really help real business owners, help them because they just don't have that knowledge. And it took me years to get and pay for (laughs) schooling and everything else. So what would you say would be like a main thing that you can help a company do? Let's say somebody starts a business. They maybe have two employees, three employees. Is there, is it like a goal? Like let's go get you from making five figures to six figures, or is there some other measurable that you would like say, I can help you do this? Like what is the ultimate thing that you try to help other businesses do? Yeah. Cause everyone gets in a business and they have a goal and a passion. I try to find that. What is it? Where do you want to be? And one of the things I've noticed and you brought kind of touched on it in a way, it's what is your end goal? So if we don't know what the exit strategy is, the end in mind, how are we going to get that journey to get there? So it's like, well, I want to sell it one day and reap the benefits of my sweat equity. Great. Then let's build that kind of a business. And that'll be our journey and our path. So getting the employees in line, the systems and processes to build it. So one day it could be sold versus a lot of people are in their own business like a trade for 30 years and they can't sell their business because their business is them. So if they're gone, the business is gone. So they don't have an exit strategy. And during the pandemic, a lot of people were finding out, but I don't have a sellable business. So we really have to help the business owner realize, achieve your goals and dreams. Where do you want the business to be? But at the same time, it'll morph into something even bigger than both of us have thinking of at that moment. I think it's a great idea to figure out where you want to go with the business because if you really think about it and you're a sole proprietor, you have your own customers. And if you don't work, you don't make money. You basically own a job. You don't, you're not employed, but you own a job. It's the same thing. You're working for instead of one customer, which are one boss, you have many bosses. And you're literally beholden to them. So I personally don't like that business model. I love having passive income businesses that I hire other people or I have investments, things like that. Now, if somebody, let's say somebody doesn't, their their goal right now, they say, you know what, extra strategy, eventually we could sell it or I want to pass it on my kids. I'm not sure about that. But right now, I really want to make this a full-time business so I could actually quit. Right now, it's it's a side job or it's a, it's a hobby that I have or a side business that I have. And I want to scale that up so I can literally forego my job and make all the money from my business. What would you say are things that we can do with our business to get going in that right direction? Really, you have to transition out of that J-O-B. So a lot of people take, I'm one of those, maybe smart, maybe not so smart. I do the jump. I jump into the foggy abyss and just hope I find a parachute on the way down. That's my my philosophy. But a lot of people need to transition out. So we, you really need to come up with a plan on how to transition out. And because you got to replace the income and it's not just that income, you got to think certain expenses were could have been paid for by the employer. All the lunches that you had to buy during the week. Well, now you're at home. Are you going to be buying those lunches out? Think of those things. So you need to budget, have a new budget for your life and then a plan to transition out. And a lot of times that's where a lot of people get some help. It's like, how do I slowly make it out or how do I go through faster? I'm working with a client right now. He's trying to make the transition out of being a teacher. So it's like he really wants to get out of being a teacher. 
So we're coming up with the plan, but he has to do X number of things per day to help him get out of there because those activities will get him out and he's starting to see the fruit of it. And it's like getting him really excited. Like, Oh my God, I'm going to be my own boss very and turn this hobby into a business. He's, he's jacked. So we need to figure out how much money we need. We need to figure out what our, like what life is going to look like after we quit you know, finances and what we were going to do without or what we need to add in. Um, I know when I quit my job, I knew that I wanted to continue to buy more rental properties. And so I couldn't just, you know, get enough money to where I replaced my income. I also needed to get more, you know, just to cover my expenses. I needed more, more money to come in so I could save more to buy more properties. So that's great, great insights to do that. Now, if somebody's saying, you know what, I need to get more revenue, like I need to make more not just revenue, but profit. I need profit because if I'm going to be able to pay my mortgage and pay for the car bill and all that sort of stuff, I need more cash coming in. That's profit. What would you say? Like, what what do we do to get going in that direction to start increasing the amount of money that we make? One of the first things I do when those, those kind of scenarios, it's like, how good of a salesperson are you? And a lot of times, it's a fault of all of us, many of people. So if you, we got to get you honed in on that because that's what's going to we got to work on leads, conversions, then you get the revenue. And a lot of people are so focused on the revenue. It's like, don't forget, there's two steps before revenue. Because then when you get the revenue, now it's cost control systems, processes to gain the profit. So it's like, how are you going to get those leads? Who is your target market? Most people don't even know that. That's a critical thing. And then let's go talk to them in their language. So they're coming to you to buy your product and how is your sales cycle to close them? Great. We got the revenue side down. What is the process now? How are you going to deliver your product and service to them so we can get the revenue? And a lot of times people are like, I revert, this is going to sound horrible. It's a South Park episode, the underwear gnomes, get the underwear. Then it's a question mark, make money. And it's the question mark that no one knows. It's like, how does that happen? It's the process and having a plan of action in a place. And a lot of people could do that over the weekend. How good are you at selling? If you're not good, who is? What kind of resources can you gather and have all that help coming to you as well and get you to your so you said. So you said there are two steps before the revenue. It would be leads and marketing and leads. Are those the two steps that you're thinking of? Leads and conversion. Leads so and conversion. Okay. No one talking to you and no one looking at your stuff, then that'll never start the whole cycle. It's kind of like, a, I, I equate it to like getting married. If no one gets the ring, the cycle doesn't start. The whole event chain doesn't start. So it starts with the ring. Someone getting a ring and getting on a knee and proposing. That starts it. So that's the lead. The, the How the do lead. we... How do we get leads? Because somebody is saying, you know, I'm really good at graphic design and I want to start drawing. How do you get people to actually pay you? Like that's a lead. You find somebody, you find the lead that actually wants is considering you. Then that's mm-hmm. a conversion and it will get to that. But how do you find what's the best way that you found that any business, no matter what it is, is there anything that we can do to get leads generated for our business? I think a lot of times small business owners are probably the most guilty about this. They're trying to be everything to everybody because when they had the J-O-B, they don't realize that the marketing department knew the demographic and focused in on it. Meanwhile, as the employee, you're thinking, wow, we're marketing to everybody. So that's what they take with them. 
You got to know who your target market is, what their pain points are, and how are you the, solu the solution, the provider to satisfy that? Because that's it. It's if you're looking for graphic, if you're a graphic designer, okay, who needs graphic design work? That's where you got to start and target them. Don't worry about the people who don't use graphic design or have no need for it. But, you know, stop the spray and pray method. That's what kills a lot of businesses. Is there any particular way that we would be able to find? I mean, is it like going online and looking for the um, freelance type things? Or is there anything like, should we figure out our, our, I've heard a lot of people say like, who do you know? And they know other people. So maybe you can start doing word of mouth. Is there anything like that we could do? Yeah, I used to teach a class called the ABCs of starting a business. So this is what I'd recommend to just like that. I, and I always get the funniest looks when I say this is go talk to the competition. Whatever market you're in, I promise you, if it's done right, you're going to get a lot of information. So if you're going to open up that graphic design firm, find people in that space who've been in it for a long time and just interview them, buy them lunch, buy them coffee, just interview them. You're not going to compete to them one-on-one. -on -one. That's like you going against Amazon, getting the interview of Jeff Bezos, and he's concerned that you're going to take his market share. It's not going to happen. Unless you're a restaurant and you're going to open up next door the same kind of restaurant. That's a different story. No, that's fantastic because I know when I first got started um, in online business, I wouldn't necessarily talk, or and I wouldn't, I talk to anybody that was in the same field or same, like with teaching somebody about real estate or anything like that. I wouldn't really talk to them because I figured them as competition. I grew up playing football and baseball and stuff. And, and you just, the competition, you don't really compare notes, but in business, there's a, in my opinion, there's a big enough pie for everybody. Like the, there's so many people out there that could benefit from you and your competition that you you might never ever come across somebody that found you and the other person at the same time. So that's a great, great um, tip that people really should realize that just get to know other people and that's not necessarily competition. They are, you guys can help each other out. You know, you guys can give each other pointers. You can get, give each other insights and not only that you're helping them, but in, or sorry, they're helping you in the beginning in the future, you could help them. So I love that. Is there anything else that we could do to get more leads to figure out where um, and how we can get more leads? Cause then next is conversion, which we'll get to, but anything else we can do for leads? Yeah. Where does your people, your target market hang out? <laughs> I, I, a lot of times people are networking and, you know, spraying it out there. It's like, well, if they don't have that service to ask for referrals. Who is? Where do those people, where are they? There's an association nowadays for everything. Guess what? The association has a lot of data. They will help you also target and how to find where these people are. And they probably have marketing tips just for your industry. I think associations are great. But Find out your, where your tribe lies. I know graphic designers, I mean, they're on fi uh, uh, Fiverr all over the place. And then I've talked to many of the graphic designers, and they're like, I'm not on Fiverr. Well, where are you? Well, I have a beautiful website. I direct people there. I give classes, workshops. So they're doing lead gen by providing content to the masses. But they also know... I'm only going to get this much of the people who really listen to it. And I don't care because that's all I'm after. Yeah, I like that idea. And same thing with like Successful Employed Show, Master Passive Income, my other podcast where I talk about real estate. It's literally just providing people content and they find me 
And then from there, if they want, you know, my books or coaching or anything on that, how to invest in real estate, then they've already found me. And then uh, because I'm putting it out there, technology is so great that if you put a podcast, a YouTube channel, an article, Google and all the other things, they'll help you find, they'll find you. So that's great. Now, what are your thoughts about, but this will be the last question I think for leads. What do you think about doing Facebook ads, Instagram, Twitter, all those social media type of ads? Is that wise to do or is that something that we maybe could hold off on? I think at the beginning, many people could hold off on it. The reason is it's the dollars. You only have so many dollars to be in with to start up your business. So there's ways to do it, be creative. You can join groups in Facebook and don't put spammy, buy my stuff out there. That's what a lot of the ads are. So the ads, when I hear people say, I put a Facebook ad and it failed, and I go, I can guess why without even looking at your ad. First of all, you probably send it to everyone in their mother, and your mother, no mothers care about your stuff. Second, you probably made it spammy and buy my crap kind of ad. Third, you don't know who your talker market is, and you didn't give them a message to compel them to take any action. And nine times out of 10, it's surprising. There is no call to action in those ads. So download my book, download my guide, none of that. It's kind of like click here, then what? <laughs> so I look at it, the ads do work, but you got to really nail your message and make sure who you're talking to. Because in Facebook, you can actually target your market with a sniper rifle, whereas nine out of 10 businesses are using a shotgun, a sawed off shotgun. So it's just spraying out there. That's why it doesn't work, but it can be very, very effective. I, I think that as businesses get more revenue and they can put a little more aside to do marketing, when they're starting up, it's not the best idea. At least I didn't do that because I was like, I don't have that much money to actually put let, to ads, let alone lots of money because it takes a lot of money. So I think as you grow, it's great. Now, when you're doing a conversion, you're thinking about conversion, we need to capture those leads and then sell them make sure make sure basically make sure that they understand that you have something to sell and you're the right person from that for them to buy from what is is there like because it seems like there's something we need to connect the two leads and conversion is there a connection and then how do we transition them into a conversion one of the easiest things that i even teach my clients and workshops and everything is set up a landing page or a squeeze page give away some content to that target market so let's say you're a graphic designer you can have a little guide 10 things that are great and not so great about graphic designers. Simple document, really easy to do. People come to the squeeze page. Hey, I want to know those 10 things. Well, they have to put in their name and their email. So they're giving that up in order to get the guide. You set up now a backend drip campaign. So it actually sends them the guide automatically. You're not doing it. Then it starts sending them a sequence of emails throughout the year. And all that content is actually, guess what, from your guide. So you're not creating all this new material. So now you're there, they're in what I call the buyer's journey. They're gathering information. They're not ready to buy yet. They've got to know you because you need to talk to them, touch them at least you know, five to 12 times personally like this. But now they get to your email once a month. It's not selling. It's not spammy. It's giving them content from what? your guide that you gave them originally that they didn't look at. And it's just one tip at a time, but it keeps them through. And now all of a sudden, maybe the fifth, sixth month, they're like, wow, this guy's, I think I need them because they've been giving me all this great content. Then they pick up the phone and talk to you about it. That's a great 
transition from lead to conversion because I have found that people buy when they actually realize that they need you or they need whatever it is that they have in front of their face that is presented. And, you know, if you go and do a Facebook ad for some random thing that they might be interested in, they might, they, I would say the majority of them wouldn't buy right away. You need to actually encourage them, show them that this is the right thing for them to buy. So I love that idea, that transition. And now conversion though, what do we do to actually make them convert into an actual sale? Now we, you know, we've encouraged them. We've sent them emails. They like what we have now. I know you said this in the, e- sorry, in the ad you need to actually have a call to action. How do we actually sell? Do we sell through the email? Do we get them on a phone call or like a free 15 minute call? What's the good process to actually get this sale closed? Yeah, I'm a big believer in that 15 minute intro call. It's not really necessarily a sales call, but you're you're actually qualifying them. They're checking you out in, in every email. Hey, if you have questions or you'd like to know more, just get on my calendar, quick, bam. Now they get on your calendar get to know them. What are their concerns? Why did they call you? There has to be a reason because they've opted into your landing page. They've been receiving your emails. They got your content. They must have a need for your services. Great. Then when it's your turn about you, but you're listening to them really good, they're going to say whatever the problem is. You're the solution to their problem. You must say, Liz, great. Let's get on either a longer call or let's do an evaluation on your business, whatever you have to convert them now as the client. And it has to be a compelling offer to really hit home to satisfy their wants and needs and their problem. So, I mean, I use a process. I I can find any business owner at least 10,000 to over $100,000 in their business in 45 minutes. So it's like, not only that, I'm proving it to them while we're like on a Zoom call. So it's like, hey, I'm not going away and hiding and using a black box. I'm proving it to you right in front of you. So that's my conversion technique. And it's like, at the end, it's like, I'm not selling you anything throughout the whole thing. It's all about the business. At the end, it's like, well, now I know your problems. I've provided the solutions. Would you like my help? That's great. And what I've done, and I mistakenly did this, uh, so because I coach people how to invest in rental properties, buy them, hold them, make $250 a month in passive income. You get 10 properties, that's $2,500 a month in passive income. That's $30,000 a year. You don't have to do a thing. And so what I wanted to do was like, you know what, let me do a 15 minute free. And I said it wrong. You said it better. You know, you said, basically, if you have any questions, you want to talk more about it, give like get on my calendar, and we can talk. What I did was I said, get a free 15 minute coaching call for me. And that was the worst thing ever because I got people just literally taking my time and going past 15 minutes, me being polite. And at the very end saying, oh, you know, I have coaching. And they're like, oh, very good. I just wanted everything for free. Bye. That's it. It was horrible. So I would strongly suggest nobody ever do get a free, like whatever it is you're giving, like you're selling, don't do it for free for 15 minutes. Literally do exactly what Steve said, where it's like, do you have any questions about this? How it can help you uh, understand more so that you can actually do whatever it is you want to do? Get on my calendar. I think that's a great, great way to do that. And I couldn't from, agree oh, with but, you more on that. I, I did what you did and I, I learned my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably about 10, 15 calls. I'm like, this is, I literally have no sales from this yeah. and they're taking all my time. Yeah. I got 30 years of problems. Can you solve it in 15 minutes? I was like, what? Well, you exactly. said a 15 minute and, coaching call. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. And the type of clientele that's going to call to take advantage of that probably right. won't want to spend money anyways. They're, they're just, not going to spend You know, it. cheap. Yeah, they're not going to spend money. Okay, so we got them where we're nurturing them or helping them realize that we are the ones that can help them. And then we get them on a call or we have something inside of our emails that are saying, you know, buy here or, you know, this is where you go to buy the system or my coaching or whatever it is, the coaching call or sorry, the, uh, the, the discovery call or sales call is a really great idea um, for a higher price tickets too. It's really, really good because you got to help them, you know, sell them on this. Now, if somebody doesn't have the sales ability, you know, they're not, they're not a self promoter. They're just like, you know, I just want to help people, but they're not good at doing that. Is there any tips that you could give? Yeah, that's a majority of business owners. I just want to help everyone. <laughs> I'm the yeah. same way. I like to help. I'm passionate about small business owners. It's like, yeah, I want to help you. But I still, the bank doesn't take my payment and hugs. So I got to make money. They get a little upset when I try to go in the, come on, here's your rent. <laughs> you, you've got to find that strategy. And if you don't want to be that salesperson, we, you have to really work on your closing process. How are you going to close someone that's comfortable to you and comfortable to your prospect as well? That's why the strategy I use, I'm not, hey, look, buy my junk. Look how cool it is. It's like, no, I'm just showing you no cost, doesn't cost you a penny, just time. And it's your decision. If you don't want it, great. I'm moving on because you're not my client. Granted, will you hear from me again? The number one problem with Another problem with small business owners, no follow-up. But you need to find that process that you're comfortable with. And you, even if you're uncomfortable, you're going to be uncomfortable. you got to hone that skill because if you're not closing that business, you're going to starve. It's simple as that. You could have been a great employee and answering calls all day and closing all those sales, but that was all inbound. Guess what? Now that you're the entrepreneur, those inbound calls are not happening. They're all outbound calls. So you need to get good on that, that side of it. And it's uncomfortable. That's a good point. And I, I, I really like what you said that um, as you are basically getting yourself uncomfortable where it's not, there, there are a few people in this world that are very salesy, like their person, their car salesman, they get, they get the car salesman jobs very easily because that's their personality. Right. But the majority of us entrepreneurs that just want to help people. We're it's not. hard. I'm definitely not a self promoter. It's really hard for me to do that. But I had this is what I had to do. And tell me if you if you um, resonate with this. I had to realize that if I don't share or quote unquote sell or basically share with them in a way that they could buy what I have, which is showing them that they can buy rental properties and literally change their life forever. If I don't do that, that's basically selfish. Like I'm like, no, I'm just going to hold it all to myself. But if I change that perspective, where I'm now realizing. I'm there to help them. If they don't want that opportunity, totally fine. There's plenty of other people. And I've realized that now after I've coached hundreds of people to invest in real estate, that if somebody says no, there are so like the next person's right behind him. Like, yes, I want to do that. Does that make sense? I couldn't agree with you more because I, my very first business, the same thing. I just was tied into a, the IT market and I'm not a techie. But once I did good for one person, they were doing my promotion. I had a, lo- a line out the door until the bubble burst. And well, the line went away, so did the business. So I learned a lot of lessons there too. But then my second business, it's like, wait a minute, I had to learn the art of self-promotion without being slimy. And that was hard. I'm telling you folks, it is hard. Here you are working for someone 
they have a brand name and everything's beautiful. And then all of a sudden it's you and you have no brand name and no one knows you from Adam. <laughs> it's like, you got to put yourself out there. I couldn't agree with you more. It's, it's uncomfortable, but if you want to build a successful business, look at all the businesses that were built you know, in a garage. All those people had to go through the exact same thing. They all had to get uncomfortable and learn self-promotion to get there. Now look at them. You got someone like Michael Dell, who was an introvert, who's now he'll get you put on a camera and he's like the biggest extrovert in the whole wide world. But it, he had to come out of that. I agree. Now, you also said something interesting a little bit ago that in your calls, in a few minutes, you'll be able to show somebody how, like literally say, I'll walk you through going from, you know, making a couple thousand dollars to, you know, uh, maybe a hundred thousand dollars. How does that look like that? That's just kind of mind blowing to me how you would actually take a specific business and literally show them right then and there how to do that. Yeah, I brought in some proprietary software into my business because that's another thing, business owners, you got to look for the tools to make you successful. So as I'm expanding my business, I mean, I have six coaches underneath me talk about scalability. I have online platforms. You got to bring in those tools and resources. Once I found this proprietary software and I went through it, I'm like, what do I need to do to get it? <laughs> you know, Because I saw the value of it. And as I played with it more and more, and it has modules like even digital marketing. I had one company, oh, we're firing on all cylinders great, let's put you through the digital marketing piece. And their jaw was on the ground the whole time going, I don't have any of that. And it's like, look how much money you're losing every year or not gaining because you have no social media presence. So it's a proprietary software. I provide a report to them. I don't sell it to them the way I look at it. It's like, here, I'm trying to help. I'll give you everything we talk about. And if you want to bring me on to help me implement it, great. But we're showing it to them. And it also gives us like a little guide. So it tells us how to implement anything in which order. So I love that too. So they're always in tune with me. It's not like uh, some kind of hidden agenda. It's, I'm, I'm very open about it. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. It, it could be software. It could, like you have a specific software that they would have to go through you to use, which is, which is proprietary, which is great. It could be knowledge, like specific content on how to actually do that. They need you in order to get the step-by-step -step system to actually do that. And so it's great to, um, as you develop your own business or like with me investing in real estate, I had developed my own process to find the right property managers, invest, you know, from thousand miles away and stuff like that. And then I realized, hey, I get so many people asking me how to do this. I could just start teaching people. And then I like started teaching people and I realized, man, one-on-one -on -one is a lot of work. I, and my wife is not happy that I'm not getting paid. Let me figure out a way to make, turn this into a business. Now, Steve, let's say going down this path, we've, we've worked on the leads. We've worked on the conversion. We're starting to get sales. Now, this is a time where we realize what, we're by ourselves. We need to actually start. Like you said, you have six coaches underneath you. How do we go from me being the one business owner with a one, uh, you know, the, I only have so much time to coach. And so I can't coach everybody, but I have tons of leads coming in. Now, how do we, number one, scale the business to where we have more leads as well as more uh, people to coach so that we can hire on coach? I mean, coaches. So it's it's a big ball of wax, but like, how do we now scale? Absolutely. That was, you even brought it up earlier too. And it's like, I had a business where I woke up one day, I have two clients and that's all I could take. And I'm thinking, I cannot scale this. And here I am working 20 hours a day as a consultant. 
and I am miserable. I have I bought my own job. <laughs> I was literally miserable going to my own job. And that's when I realized this won't work. This is not the life I was dreaming of in the entrepreneurial world. And I'm sure a lot of people are like that. So how to scale is like, you need to bring in a support structure, which I kind of, I've always believed in. So if you are horrible at accounting and you don't like to do accounting, don't do it. Simple as that. You can do barter systems at the beginning to make it free or trade services or whatever, or find the right accountant that's affordable. Let them do it. They love that stuff. You hate that stuff. Don't do it to yourself. This way you get to focus on what you are good at. And that the only thing that should be at the beginning is build your business. More revenue. That's it. Everything else doesn't matter. Your logo, that's cute. Do you need a logo to start? Heck no. Save your money. Do it later. Do you need to worry about fancy websites? Really, you can just do a one-pager to get started up a free one just to get going. Don't focus on these things. Focus on revenue. And as you're building, you're using your strategic partners. But over time, you're going to start realizing, what if I brought a salesperson in first? That's usually the first one come in to duplicate yourself because you have your accountant. You have other people doing that stuff. Don't bring in an accountant right away because they cost you money. They're not making you money. So find someone. If you're going to start scaling, who's going to bring you revenue in? That's what you want to do. Duplicate. Then you duplicate again. And then you start looking at, oh, wait, I need a service person to make sure that the orders are going out or everything's being fulfilled. And don't forget about following up your clients because your clients, keep them, stay in touch with them. You got to do that service work. They're going to give you referrals. You got to give them love. They're going to give you love back. That's another way to grow your business. The idea of hiring a salesperson seems a little daunting for, for me as well as many people. Is there anything that we like, how do we find the right salesperson that's going to fit our business that will help our business to grow? Like, that just seems a little rough. How do we do that? Yeah. And unfortunately, I, I wish I could say I never kissed a frog, but I've had those <laughs> people. <laughs> so it's burnt me out just as much as them. And it was always difficult. And then it, now it's like I've learned the process. I've taught the process. You really have to interview them and find you're going to go through a lot of people. Don't just hire a warm body, put them maybe on a commission structure. So now they're as hungry as you are, but give them nice bonuses so they can make a fantastic living. So the more they sell, the better of a life. I mean, one of my businesses, my sales guy was making 20,000 a year on paper. In reality, he was pulling in close to almost 750,000 in commissions total reason we gave him the tools and the support he needed, and we took we backed off. He he did it. You need to find those kind of people who are money motivated, obviously, not unethical unless that's your business model, which I hope not. <laughs> but you got it does take a while to find that right person to find what is their motivation and why are, do they want to work for you and how are you going to develop them over the years? Because as your business grows. You want this person to continue on with you. You invested a lot of time and probably some money into them to help them grow. So it does take a while to find the right person and a lot of interviewing. Yeah, I would definitely say that. I've been blessed now. Um, so I coached a lot of people how to invest in real estate. And a lot of them that I've coached 
are have become very, very successful. And one specifically, just recently, um, he's like, you know what? I want to I want to help you out. Plus, it would be great just to be around you. And you know, if I have a question about how, this one particular property. Long story short, he said, can I work for you and be able to ask questions, random questions here and there, like coaching? And it'd be like a barter. Like we're, I'm like, yeah, let's work that out. And then I also thought, I also want to make sure he has a monetary uh, incentive to continue to sell because, you know, free coaching is good, but you, you, um, I can't remember exactly the way to say it, but he would appreciate it much more if he was being paid, you know, after a while, I'd be like, I'm not getting that much coaching. Maybe I'll stop. No, I wanted him to. So anyways, long story short, he's getting a huge benefit. I charge a lot of money for my coaching. So he's getting that. He's also networked with me. He's part of my business as well. And then I pay him. I think it's like uh, a commission structure of like 4% for one or two sales. And then um, 6% when it's like three to five and then 8%. So it goes up. So it gives him, you know, encouragement to, to make more uh, sales. And so, and plus he already knows the business model. He is 100% bought in. In like 15 months, he bought six duplexes, which is just phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, he's doing great. So he's a big believer. So it's perfect. And so I'm thinking for anybody coming in, if you could find anybody that you've worked with in the past, um, coach them. And if they might have the, uh, the idea or the drive to do something to maybe s- some extra money, or they really like what you're doing. I'll give you another example. Another one of my students, he said, Hey, Dustin, I really love what you're doing. Can I, I want to help out. And I said, well, I need a, a social media community manager. Could you do that? And he said, yes, absolutely. He's doing it for free. And he's fena- phenomenal at that. Anyways, if you can find somebody in your own uh, realm of influence that you've already coached, you know, their personality, you know, them, that is a huge benefit for anybody you're bringing on at the same time. It's double-edged sword to my opinion, because you also want to make sure that it's not like um, a, a buddy, buddy system, not buddy. That's not the best way to say it. You don't want them to think of you as their best friend. You're still their boss. That's definitely wanted you what you want to have that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. You, it's nice to be cordial and nice to your employees, which you should always do. You still got to keep in mind, you're the boss. You're the one who has the skin in the game. To them, when they leave, it's over. I leave the work up there. When you leave work, you're sleep, you have sleepless nights. You're having sweats. How am I going to make payroll? How am I going to do this? It carries on with you. So you do need to find the right person who's not stress causing and adding a more stress on you. I even forgot about mentioning like joint venture partners are another great thing. So people bring in you leads and you're paying a referral fee for them. That's a great way to do it too. I'm a big believer in JVs. I agree. I think that's a great way to do it. Now, the, uh, one thing came, comes to mind is if we're going to have coaches coaching something that we do, should we hire somebody that's outside that's never done it before and teach them? Or would it be better to find somebody that you've already coached to become a coach as well? What is your thought process in finding new coaches? In mine, a lot of the people I talk to have some kind of experience in whatever field. So every coach of mine has like a different focus. So one of them is coming in from like health and fitness. Well, they've been a fitness coach, a trainer for a long time. And then one day they woke up, they're like, you know what? I'm actually coaching people. And it's like, yes, you are. But don't you know the business of fitness? Don't you go into a business and you understand the business model and how to improve it. And he's like, yeah. So we honed that skill. So we had a baseline that we just built on. So it's like, well, you know, you can actually use all that base for any business. So I focus on the foundational aspects of business. So it doesn't matter what industry 
So if they have some kind of knowledge, it doesn't matter what kind of industry they're in, use your skills, use that knowledge. And you know what? As t- uh, will not take long when you start realizing all those skills and all that knowledge is transferable to another industry. And I think that's a good point. Phenomenal about that. It's like, and it's so cool to see how many people are in some unique industries. I'm always coming across some, you do what? And there's a market for that. I have to learn more. <laughs> I've, I've thought the same thing with, so with successfully unemployed, I get to interview lots of great entrepreneurs or investors or side hustle experts, but basically people who figure out ways to make money and not have a job. And it's just, I love it because my passion is not having a job and showing other people how to do it. And I've come across so many different awesome ways that people have, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't have a job. This is what I do. I'm like, wow, that's pretty awesome. How did you do that? And so that's why I love having successful employees. Now, Steve, you've given us lots of great insights. I want to jump into the rapid fire round, just broad questions that you should be able to answer really quickly. Are you ready? I'm ready. So the first question is, if you were to go back to your younger self, pick a younger self, you know, pretty young, and give yourself any insights or any words of wisdom that you have learned over your years, what would it be? When you pick something, stay with it, focus on it. Do not bring in any other elements. Do not look around. Think of yourself like putting blinders on like a horse. Stay focused to your goal and make sure your goal is clear as can be. That will set you apart and you're going to hit, be more successful than ever. I think that's great. And I think, uh, I don't know, it's like probably like the 90s where multitasking got to be really big and people, oh, you have to multitask, you have to multitask, which is, turns out is wrong. You should not multitask. It's actually the worst thing to do. It makes everything longer, not as good and not as proficient. So I love that. I think it's a, a great idea. Now, you've also given us so much great insights into uh, building a business, growing it. Is there anything else? Like if there's anything else that we should know that, you know, in, in building a business, scaling it up, is there anything we might've missed or anything else that you can give us as far as wisdom in that? And I learned this the hard way too. get help. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Believe it folks. Someone has done that, been there, done it many times before. You're not the first one. It doesn't matter how unique your idea is. You were not the first one get help. If I would have known that it took, I learned get help. Then I built my first business after I gained that knowledge and wisdom and a coach. And one business, I didn't have a coach and it was all over the place. And I realized I have to get help. I have a coach too. Keeps me focused, but yeah, get help. It doesn't matter. Not your family and friends saying you're doing a great job. And meanwhile, your business is going in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Get, and it's it tough doesn't necessarily, oh, I completely agree. And it doesn't necessarily have to be just get help in a coaching, which absolutely you should. I'll get back to that in just a second. It could be as entrepreneurs, we do everything. We have every single hat. We wear every single hat. Get help, like get somebody else to do this when you shouldn't be doing this. Your time is much better spent building the business. So the getting help is a great, great point. And by getting to the coaching thing, I've not, by me investing in real estate, I've lost at least 30 or 40 or $50,000 investing in real estate the wrong way. And then I figured out how to, like, that was wrong. Don't do that. And I eventually figured out how to do it right. But imagine if I would have paid somebody to help me save me $50,000 in all those mistakes, headache, time lost, all that sort of stuff. So I'm a huge, huge believer. And did you know that Tom Brady, the person, the, the quarterback who's won the most Super Bowls, he even has a, a coach. You know, Michael Jordan had a coach. Wayne Gretzky had his coach. Uh, uh, every every single 
excellent athlete as well as business, they have coaches. So I think that's great, great insight, Steve. Okay, next question is, what is your favorite book, nonfiction book that we should read? It could be business, could be life or whatever, but favorite nonfiction book we should read. One book I always recommend is, well, for startup entrepreneurs, E-Myth and E-Myth Revisited, but you should always be reading like Think and Grow Rich. And not only, it's not a book, it's a workbook. So you really need to get into like a mastermind or a group of like-minded people and utilize it. I, by using those simple practices, it might sound like hooey because it was written in 1936, but I'm telling you, That's brilliant. it will get you where you have clarity in your business, clarity where you want to go in your life, and it'll really, really set you apart. So, yeah, some people might think if it was if it was not written in the last like two or three years, it's probably not good. You know, and people might think that I'm actually the opposite. I'm like, if it was written back in the 1900s, it's probably pretty good. I'm not not saying that like literally yeah. where I just completely disregard every single book that's made now, which are great. There are a lot of great books, but things like Think and Grow Rich are phenomenal. I absolutely love and it's changed my life. The How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Phenomenal. Oh, my goodness. So much great insights and wisdom into that. I mean, yes, absolutely. So that is terrific. Okay, next question is, what is one tool that you use in your life that we should look at using? Could be a piece of paper and pencil, uh, an app on your phone, but something that you use regularly that we should look into. I live and die by my calendar. (laughs) So I do block time blocking. That has kept me focused. So when it's time to end a task, whatever I'm doing, I must end it. The reason is, I allotted so much time for that task. Now it's time to move on to the next task. It drives me nuts because you might be in the flow or anything else, but you got to really manage your time. Like we both mentioned earlier, it's like, it'll run away from you super fast. And you're going to think you were the most productive person in the day. Yet you only made one call and talked to one person. I mean, this is going to sound crazy. I even use a little notebook and I put a tick mark, how many calls I made, everything else, because that way I can, ma- if I'm measuring it, I can manage it. And it, I tell people that, and it's like, so this is low tech. It didn't t- take more than a millisecond to do, but now I, I can re- see my results. I love that. And for me, like people ask me that question, it's really the only one is email. Calendar is also part of it, but email is so simple. But I do like that's just how I function is through yeah. my email. I even send myself notes like to do through yeah, I'll email yeah. myself. Do this. So Where is it? I love it. Uh, on my notepad. Yeah. Here. <laughs> a little holiday. This is my to-do list on the day. It's there you I'm, go. I'm low tech, but it keeps me focused and moving forward. Wow, man, Steve, you get us so much great insights. And I know somebody, there's going to be a lot of people that would want to either uh, talk to you about your business or how to grow their business. How would they find you and get be able to get a hold of you online? bizcoachsteve.com is the website. And my email is really hard because it's just steve at bizcoachsteve. That's just B-I-Z. And then I always, I have a book I always give away. So it actually shows eight strategies to get that $10,000 right away. And I'll be more than happy to give a copy to that. And that's bizcoachsteve.com backslash 100K. 100K. Awesome. Steve, thank you so much for your time. Really, really great insights. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I hope it helped. And good luck to all you business owners out there. Make the jump. I'm telling you, it's scary. It's frustrating. But if you really want to thrive in life and 
be your own boss, make the jump. I want to say one thing that going off of what you just said, Steve, um, hopefully if people are still listening to this, they're going to get this. Um, it is so much better to not have a job and be your own boss. And you figure out a way to get things done. Like if you don't have enough money, you're going to figure out a way to get it done. And on top of that, if you put yourself in a position to find a way where you don't have a job. Now, I'm not saying that you everybody should absolutely just up and quit. I'm not don't saying that. that. I'm not saying that. <laughs> don't. Yeah. But what I'm saying is if you put yourself in a position where you have to do it or your mindset is that you're literally going to do it. I'll give you a quick example. I have a friend. He was a pastor at a church and he was thinking, you know what? I really want to be on my own. I want to, I want to be a public speaker. I want to coach. I want to do all that stuff. But he was, you know, worried about his money and whatever about his job. Long story short, he quit his job uh, because the direction that church was going, he was like, I, I'm, I'm going to probably start my own church and I want to do something else. And he was nervous. He was so scared. And literally after, I mean, he talked to me like, like an hour or two after he did it. And I said, I am so excited for you. And he's nervous. He's on the other line of the phone, like, kind of like, what am I going to do? What did I just do? I'm like, I am so excited for you. And it's easy for me to say it. I have money. Yeah. I have my house. I have, I have my businesses. But I was telling him that the journey you're going to go on is going to be so worthwhile. And in the end, you're going to look back and say, that was the best decision I made. And now it's been almost two years now. And his business is growing and growing, teaching people how to do write copy, public speaking. And he just has all this opportunity because he's now putting his mind towards it. So for everybody listening to this, if you were actually having that thought about being able to quit your job, if and when you do, which I would say suggest, I would suggest doing it sooner. I'm excited for you because it's going to force you to actually do things that you probably wouldn't have done in the past, get you out of your comfort zone, make your life totally change. So I just wanted to echo what you said, Steve. I agree. Yeah, good luck to everyone because it, it's an exciting, crazy journey. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders Membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. It'll be in the description, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. You can see how you can quit your job, that J-O-B, by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Also, if you got anything out of the show, share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya.